Washington, what was the hardest thing for you to overcome? The hardest thing was definitely going to different schools and the different curriculum from like British curriculum because I went to a British school in Dubai and an American system. It's a completely different system like classes and what classes you have in like here in America you have the same classes every day but in the UK or in Dubai you have different classes so it was definitely that was definitely the hardest thing at first. Can you share a little bit how you overcame that? Um, honestly, I think just time and, like, being at the school and, like, getting used to, you know, what we were, like, supposed to be doing and kind of, like, learning. It's, like, learning a whole different style. You just gotta keep doing it and then it it gets easier. Yeah, of course. So, you mentioned that you were diagnosed with depression in 2017. Um, so can you share a little bit about the process to realizing that you had depression? Was it more of a sudden realization or was it something more ongoing? I definitely think something wasn't right with me and I think that was like the biggest thing that like you know comparing to my friends like no one else was well what it seemed like to me that was no one else was really going through what I was going through um and so I guess it was a slow realization but you know seeing like all my friends be happy or like they seemed that they were happy and I was just like why am I not like them I guess that was a realization that something was up with that so okay totally so when you were at the doctor and the words came out, you have been diagnosed with depression, was there any type of relief that you didn't have to hold it in anymore or now that your parents knew or anything like that? Being completely honest, no, there was no relief. It was weird. It was like I felt almost guilty or more guilty because the look on my mom's face when like the doctor said that, she, I felt bad that like because she, she thought that she wasn't good enough or whatever wasn't helping me enough and I just felt like, crap like I don't want anyone to know about this I want to keep it hidden like I really felt so guilty that I had I was like feeling this type of way because they were you know my parent that's my parents and they're like trying to do their best for me and it wasn't working and I felt so incredibly guilty so yeah so you mentioned how important your relationship with your parents was and you didn't want anything to change obviously but why did you feel that way just because they're your parents and you didn't want to make them feel like they were doing anything wrong yeah and definitely because you know, it had been just a year since we moved, so it was like, I didn't, you know, we've already been through a lot of change, and now there's mm-hmm. more stuff, and it's to do with me, and how they're, like, looking after me, so it was like, yeah, I, I felt awful that, you know, I was going through this, because I just wanted everything to stay consistent, because it hadn't in the past, like, year and a bit, you know, and so it was all very, like, choppy and changey or whatever, so... Yeah, I just kind of wanted things to stay the same, and then I was feeling like this, and I, you know, couldn't help it, and I just wanted everything to go back to normal, and I wanted to pretend that I never told them in the first place. Yeah, so now that they knew, did you have, like, a what was your greatest hope 
with them knowing, and what was your biggest fear? Um, biggest fear was that they would treat me differently. They would treat me like, you know, as like more fragile or whatever. And I hate, I didn't want that. I didn't want them to treat me any differently. I wanted them to treat me the same because mm-hmm. I didn't want to admit that anything was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just wanted everything to be fine. And biggest hope or the greatest hope, I guess that like they would understand, which kind of wasn't how it worked out, but just that, you know, they would support me, but wouldn't make too much of a big deal out of it was my biggest hope, I guess. Yeah. So when you were first diagnosed with the t- depression, the doctor recommended that you see a therapist. When you were told that, you started to push away from everyone and everything. Why did you feel that fighting a mental illness on your own would be the best for you? You know, it's not healthy, but I really just didn't want my problem to be anyone else's problem. I wanted to deal with it on my own, and I just wanted to, like, sort through it myself, and I didn't want anyone else to, like, have to feel the burden of, you know, my mental health Mm -hmm. on top of theirs, because everyone goes through so many things that we don't know about and if I had to like admit for help I just felt like like a bad person or like not even a person because I couldn't handle dealing with all my own and so that's why I think I never because I never followed up with therapy and so I didn't do that because I didn't want to admit that there was something wrong with me Mm -hmm. and I wanted to just like get it you know quickly and done as possible or as fast as possible and it all be over. So there was some gut feeling that you'd be out of the ordinary if you did attend therapy. Oh, yeah, because then if I did, it was that something was wrong with me. Okay, yeah. So what gave you strength to understand that you could not fight this on your own and that it was okay to get help? Um, well, like, this, in 2017, I don't think I did feel like that. But, like, in um, years after or, like, recently, mm-hmm. um past year I think like knowing that I'm not the only person who goes through stuff like this yeah and like it's not just me like it's so many other there's so many other people out there who are fighting you know worse battles yeah mental illnesses yeah for sure so it's like not back then but now I've kind of realized that I'm not alone like no matter what like there's always someone that loves you and back then I just didn't feel like that at all Mm -hmm. so okay yeah I understand that So, after you were assaulted in school, you were only a middle schooler, how did this change your experience in school? Um, I mean, you know, kind of, like, the obvious, like, on paper, like, I didn't want to go to school, you know, I was just kind of, like, very scared, um, didn't really know, like, I didn't really understand what happened to me, I kind of just wanted to forget it and suppress the emotions and suppress everything, um, yeah. And not deal with it, yeah. So, you mentioned to me that you quickly ran to your parents to share what happened. Did you feel any power or strength once you had shared this with them? I feel like I didn't share it to my parents for a, you know, to gain strength. I kind of, it all flooded out very quickly and it was very messy. Mm-hmm. It, it all stumbled out. Yeah. Um, but I definitely felt, like, a little bit better after telling them, um, telling my mom especially because, you know, like, women, we all know what it's like, so she definitely, like, could connect to me and, like, relate to me, like, about, or sort of what happened, so yeah, I definitely felt, like, a little bit better after I told my parents. So, after that happened, you obviously had some feelings of being very violated and feeling very misunderstood, as you didn't understand why it was happening, or even really what had happened, 
How do you think you really overcome these feelings in the last few years? Seriously, like, the biggest thing is time. And I know it sounds so stupid, but back then, like, I think I, I suppressed the emotion very quickly. And I kind of didn't want to deal with it, which is not a good way to deal with it at all. Uh, I remember, like, you know, the day that it happened, I, like, ran to my neighbor and, like, burst into tears. Yeah. Because I didn't know what, I literally didn't know what. I didn't know what was happening. I mm-hmm. think, like, throughout time, like, I kind of distracted myself with other things and just realized that, like, time heals all wounds, everything. And so I just kind of, you know, stopped thinking about it and realized that it happened, you know, and then knowing that it happens to people too and it's not just me and then eventually the wound heals and you're good as well. <laughs> good, yeah. So, obviously, in school, did you struggle to have trust for those around you even though... Like, in an open area? A little bit, yeah. I think, like, I just, I was just very uncomfortable with, like, everything and, you know, misinterpret it, like, misinterpret what people say to me or, like, actions that they do. And, but I got over that pretty quickly, so it wasn't too bad. Okay, so in summer 18, Freya, you felt your purpose in life slipping away from you. What do you think kept you going? Um... Definitely my friends, I think, out of all of it. You know, my friends and finding, and like you mentioned, my horseback ride, that was such a big thing. I loved doing that. And um, just, like, finding something that you really enjoy and, like, you know, hanging out with my friends is one of them. And I really think, like, you know, that that summer I kind of, like, we met, you know, my friends now, we, like, kind of, like, all came together that year because that was, like, the beginning of freshman year, so. Yeah. Um, we all kind of came together, and, you know, I really seemed like everything was kind of falling into place. Mm-hmm. And that was a good summer. It was kind of stressful, but it was a good summer. And yeah. so I think, like, ending, the like, you know, a good summer and then going into high school, I think that definitely, like, helped a lot in just, like, spending time with my friends who, like, I knew that they, like, loved me and everything like that, so. Yeah. As you mentioned, you were going into high school. Do you think any of the stuff that, like, did happen to you had affected how you thought your high school experience would go about? A little bit. I think, like, I think I was more nervous that, like, I would fall... Because at this point of time, like, I was a lot better with my mental health, and I guess I was scared of, like, falling back into something that wasn't, you know, healthy for me or whatever. Um, And then, you know, obviously, like, didn't eat that entire summer so that was like also you know kind of stressful but I got over it I guess and like suppressed it like I you know so healthy but um I guess it was just up and down it was just like me constantly thinking that when I was happy it was going to go back down and but then also the hope of like when I was down it was going to go back up so I guess like a lot of false hope that you gave yourself yeah yeah and that's kind of how I thought high school was going to go okay well How's high school going now? High school is going good, you know. <laughs> it's different from it two years it is, ago. Right? It is. So when you were towards the lowest point of your life, you mentioned that you did horseback riding. Was there anything else other than your friends that really kept you going? Were you able to talk to your parents at all about how you were feeling? Or were you still really in the mindset that you had to deal with it on your own, even though you had moved past that a little bit? I, I don't think dealing with it solely on my own was the biggest thing in my head but definitely not telling my parents because I just I didn't want it to seem like that real and I didn't want to be that vulnerable and I just wanted you know like relationships with parents are very iffy and up and down and 
I already like had a kind of bad relationship with my parents so I didn't want to make matters worse by me mm-hmm. being this fragile person that they have to wake up every morning to so you know I think my parents knew that like something wasn't right but we were you know busy so they never really noticed or took long enough to notice which is you know not their fault like I totally could have asked for help and they would have completely supported me but I, I didn't want to almost like I was happy with my friends I was you know happy for the time being and it was like that was the constant even though it wasn't you know permanent it was very temporary it was a very temporary happiness but it was the co- the only constant I had in my life mm-hmm. and so if I told my parents then it would all fall back down and then I would it would be like last year in like 2017 or the beginning when it just was like lots of false hope yeah yeah I didn't want to make the same mistake I guess by telling the doctor and then this year around because I got a little bit better and then I fell down again and I didn't want to like redo what happened last year because it was so bad yeah, so suicide rates have obviously rocketed in the last few years, which we talked about a little bit off this. And so what would you say to someone who is struggling with thoughts of self-harm? Definitely, if I could have told myself this, you know, 2017, 2018, even 2019, like, you are so loved, and it doesn't seem like that, and it seriously seems like you're at the bottom of your entire life, and you think that no one will miss you. And I promise you there is someone in this world that will notice that you're gone. And I think that's like, you know, and to some people that might be a lot to hold on for. Some people that may be absolutely nothing. But like you, you have a place in this world and you have a presence in like our time and this timeline and you're very important, even if it doesn't feel like it. And just like the fact that like, if you just hold on a little bit longer, like something good, you know, I definitely believe in like what you put out there, you get back yeah um and even though I don't follow it all the time like if you really like have like positive expectations and like you're just trying your best like good things will come to you and like you just gotta hold on till the good things come yeah I definitely agree with that and I've also like kind of lived by like I would so much rather hear your story than go to your funeral like Mm -hmm. yeah that type of thing like there are people who will listen yeah and will reach out and like it may not seem like it, but like you said, time is of the essence, yeah. and as time goes on, kind of heals those wounds. Oh, yeah. Exactly like yeah, you said. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So, back to a little bit after you were assaulted, you mentioned that you felt lots of guilt and shame, especially that the fact that you didn't understand why this was happening to you. What is a piece of advice that you would give to someone going through the same thing, especially at a young age? Definitely that you know it's not it's not just happening to you like you know that sounds kind of like selfish almost in a way but like you're not the only person that's going through this like there it it seems like it but more you know there's probably a statistic out there that I don't know off the top of my head but more times than one like someone will be going through the same thing or have gone through Mm -hmm. the same thing as you and like just like the smallest like reach out and even if you haven't been assaulted or anything like that like just asking someone like how you're doing how like they're doing mm-hmm. like can open up so many possibilities yeah. and I just think I, ser- I seriously think like just talking to anyone you know even if yeah. it's a teacher like any teacher and and teachers are very respectful in the fact that like if you tell them that you don't want to report it they won't say anything and yeah it's like kind of like the law but I really think that like if you made like if you put your foot down was like I don't want to like I'm talking to you this like as just a normal person like 
I think you could, like, just have someone to talk to, or even if it's, like, a parent. Lots of people out there. There's lots of people out there, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be, like, a close friend or a parent. Even if it's, like, just to talk about it. Yeah. 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 Totally. So, we touched a little bit on you having an eating disorder. Do you want to talk a little bit about that period in your life, or how you've still been struggling with it now, three years later? If you are at all. Yeah, sure. So, I think, like, so, the beginning of 2018, summer, I just, you know, decided that I hated my body and the only way I was going to do that was not eat. And um, that went on for a little bit. I was, you know, very happy with my body, but I noticed that, like, I didn't have any energy and, you know, horseback riding was something I loved doing and I couldn't do it because I was very tired all the time and Mm -hmm. I just always felt very weak and had worse headaches than... I felt so disgusting almost and then like the middle of the summer or something you know there was like a bunch of us hanging out and I passed out in front of all these people and I was like crap like I need to like that's not okay like I need to start like doing something about that and so then you know I stopped eating I mean I started eating a little bit more but that like fluctuated and you know I started eating then I stopped and then started eating and I think like just comparison is the killer like you staring at someone else and like seeing how they look and how you don't look is like very dangerous and it was a dangerous mindset for me and I was like wow like I don't look like that person but then that's not the reality because there's no two souls the same you know yeah like we're all we're all completely different and you know I still struggle with like that now like still struggle with that like you're not gonna look like the person that you see on your Instagram feed, but, like, yeah, totally. like, yeah, <laughs> I feel the same, girl, yeah, and so, yeah, so is that really when you passed out the point where you were, like, I have to get help, that like- was, at that time, yeah, for sure, I was, like, wow, you know, and seeing that people were, like, kind of worried, and I was, like, wow, like, almost, I was, like, this is embarrassing that I, like, can't even, like, own up to, like, loving my body or like the self-love of it all or whatever but yeah to see people worried did it give you any sense of like I can get out of this not back then but definitely recently like you know like my friends are like very caring of me and it's great and you know seeing that they're like actually worried it's like oh wow like that's kind of like where you feel like you're actually cared for a little bit and it means so much goes a long way it does it does a little go a things long way. go definitely go a long way oh yeah so me and you are both pretty big on social media not with followers don't worry guys but we obviously love to go on social media oh, yeah. and s- scroll through all day of instagram oh, yeah. and whatever else so obviously social media has a big effect on people who have eating disorders and do you think that had a big effect on you for sure, yeah. Or do you think that was the root of where your eating disorder came from? Definitely, yeah. I don't think I would have admitted it, but yeah, for sure. You know, like, you see, you know, th- and there's a lot of new accounts nowadays that, like, kind of, like, you know, show that it's not real. But, like, yeah. Photoshop and, like, how people completely edit themselves, like, that was a big thing, you know, and everyone did it. And you kind of, like, look and you're just like, holy shit, like, like that's like that's apparently what someone looks like you know but then yeah. it's not and and it's, it's not at all yeah and it's they're that's not what they look like at all you know um what we look at as oh my gosh like this is what i want to look at is not even real no and, and people, it's what they want to look and at and so then they do it yeah start putting themselves to standards that aren't possible to reach oh yeah which is where like the not eating comes in and the 
being like, okay, like, if I work out, I'm going to get too fit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. if I do this, my clothes aren't going to fit, or whatever it is. Yeah. I definitely think social media has that main route where it's, like... Oh, yeah. Trying to push people to follow, like, something that's obviously not real. Yeah. So. No, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. So, to this day, as a... 16, 17 year old. 16. 16, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there, has there been a big moment for you that's like, it is okay for me to get help and like to reach out? And you might have not even had your moment where you really feel like I'm allowed to have help, like it is a normal thing. But if there is at all, do you feel like there's any moment where you felt that? It was definitely recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a couple months ago, you know, during quarantine or whatever, and just like, you know, like, there is so many people on this planet. And, like, us as humans can't, like, grasp the concept of a hundred people. Or, like, a hundred people is, like, the maximum. But, like, a thousand people, like, I can't imagine a thousand people in a room. Like, you know, I, I can't imagine how many people that is. And, you know, it seems like such a small number, but yeah. actually it's not, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's, like, that's an individual, that's a thousand individual people. And so, you know, when you're, like, comparing that to 7 billion, like, you can't, like, grasp the concept. Or, or like, even, like, in chemistry, when we're talking about, like, moles. Yeah. Like, I, like, and no one will ever be able to understand that, like, that number, or how big that number is. And so, when I say that there's 7 billion people on this planet, like, we are, there's gonna be, like, everyone is feeling the same thing, you know? You, there's no way that you're going through something, and that the 7 billion, billion other people on this planet aren't going to see through the same thing and I think that was the turning point when I realized like like there's no way that I'm alone in this like you know everyone is going through the same thing as me Mm -hmm. everyone is like you know going through worse than me everyone's going you know it's like such a different like thing and I think like coming together and like understanding that it's okay like it's seriously okay and you know I think that was, like, the biggest turning point, and, you know, and, like, having my friends, like, we've all gotten very, you know, quarantine and everything is, like, COVID mm-hmm. has gotten, like, us closer together, I guess. Yeah, of course. Um, so, like, knowing that, like, I have those people and, like, knowing that, you know, I'm not alone is probably one of the biggest things. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that, like, what I used to kind of tell myself when I would have, like, my worst days was, like, there are that many people there's not another person there is somebody who has gone through the same struggles Mm -hmm. or close or similar that who has come out of it yeah healthy happy okay Mm -hmm. and I like to tell myself like it's okay to not be okay yeah and there's moments when things are gonna happen that affect you that make you feel like you aren't okay yeah but as long as you have the like just a little piece of your heart that you feel like you can get out of it I feel is like really the drive that makes people like okay I can fight for myself I can fight for my life and that's more like why it's called fight for you like you just have to fight for yourself even if there's just a little bit left that you feel like you can fight for because you're still here and you know and that's still important and I also think like you know social media is the devil but it's also like a savior because you know seeing that other people are going through the same things and like celebrities like there are some good celebrities out there who, like, post about their, like... Have been opening up yeah, about been mental opening, health, exactly. which has never happened. No. Because um, no one ever wants to admit that they're different or that... But, like, you're not different at all because there's more people who have mental health issues 
on this planet that they don't. I don't know if that's right. Yeah. But so as we're talking about that, what is your like take on the like mental health, the stigma around mental health? I think like it's very difficult. Yeah. Especially when it's put on social media because you know there's always going to be the people who like are doing it for attention. Yeah. But then there's always going to be the people who. are actually going through things Mm -hmm. that need the attention to get better and it's very hard to like for people to you know confuse the two and there's people who want to deal with it privately and alone and then you're trying to reach out to them but then then they're gonna lash out because they don't want to be dealt with yeah and then you know it gets worse and worse and worse and i feel like it's like a it's a cycle that there's the people who and then there's people who don't take it seriously until it actually happens. Yeah. And then there's the people who joke about it, which are the worst kinds of people because, you know, that's not, it's not, a, it's not a joking matter. It's not a fake matter. thing. It's not a joking matter. So absolutely. I think it's very difficult. Yeah. But, like, at the end of the day, like, you got to take what people say with a grain of salt because, you know, if they were really that, I mean, I've, you know, met lots of deluded people, but if they were really that deluded about, like, saying stuff just for the attention that they want, like, it's better to give it to them, I guess, than, you know, have them actually suffering and going through something alone. Yeah, and I agree. I think it's, I think it's very difficult, and I think it's a hard thing to, like, talk about and, like, no, I and express, but... Yeah. I mean, the stigma, some... we can all probably agree, is terrible yeah. around mental health. Oh, yeah. Like, to talk about how, in the day and age that we are in... It is terrible to and you talk would think about that it's your mental better. health and yeah. that it's weird if you go to therapy or yeah. that you can't talk about it, which is crazy to me yeah. that people feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so different like if yeah. they do this, which is bizarre because you would think like in the day that we live yeah. in, it's like weird that to me that it's just like that. But we got off topic a little bit, which is totally fine, but... Me and you were able to have more of a vulnerable conversation earlier before we started filming, and today is one of the first times you have ever really shared your journey with mental health. Oh, yeah. So, how does it feel to reveal the realist Freya? Because this is really one of the first times you've ever really talked about it, and I think will definitely maybe be a surprise to some of the people that listen to this, which is incredible that you had the courage to do this, so... How's it feel? It feels, you know, I'm, I'm a little scared. <laughs> I'm a little scared, but, I mean, like, all of my closest friends, like, know what I've been through and, like, you know, know how I felt, and that's all that really matters to me. I don't really care about people who, you know, I, 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 I know the people who care about me and I know the people who I love and, like, they love me and, like, that's all I need, and if there's someone, you know, going around, like, being not so nice, I know that at the end of the day they're not worth it because... I know I mean, that, it's your story. Yeah, right? I know the no people. Who, I know the people who care about me are, you know, are very supportive yeah. of what I've gone through. So yeah, I'm. It's it's scary but exciting, I guess. Yeah. So why do you think sharing our stories is so powerful? Because, like I've said continually through yeah. this episode, that everyone goes through the same thing. Yeah. And where you're not alone at it's all. It's something I don't think people realize enough. Like people do go through this oh yeah and and for sure and you know it's very surprising and you know like there's you know like you said like people can learn new things and like and maybe you know you'll learn something new about someone and that you never thought before and it's very it's just good that everyone like understands where everyone comes from absolutely Yeah. yeah so obviously it's been a very long five years for you Freya yeah 
And I just wanted to ask you, where did you turn to some inspiration when you were at your lowest? You mentioned that you found some YouTubers, I believe, recently. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. But is there anything else that you've turned to? Um, I mean, just you know, I can give you some examples if you want. What examples? I personally journal. Okay. And yes. That, and I have a podcast where I talk about things. Of course. But is there anything that you turn to, like... I, I like writing things down, yeah. definitely. I think, I think like, to help me, um, you know, through whatever, like, I'm going through, I like writing stuff down, and I like writing stuff down in, like, my notes, <laughs> in my notes page, and, like, and, you know, letting it all out on there. And I actually used to, at the beginning of this year, I used to record voice memos, Oh, really? Yeah. That's and, cool. like, scream at my phone. <laughs> but it helped. I actually did. And I think I deleted all of them now. They were way too embarrassing. But, like, I, I, I was so angry with the stuff that was going on in my life. And I was very confused about why this was happening to me. So instead I would, you know, tell someone, but it would, the someone would be Your my phone. phone. And so okay. that helped. And I think, you know, writing writing stuff down is great. Writing stuff down and, you know... But yeah. it doesn't always get the message across because you're talking to nobody. Yeah, right? exactly. But I feel like as long as you're open with yourself, and, you know, that's kind of, like, kind of full, going full circle. That's when I realized, like, that it was okay for me to get help because I was admitting what was happening to me. I wasn't ignoring, you know. I wasn't Absolutely. putting it off. So, a few more questions for you. Yeah. But what would you want friends and family to know about how to support a loved one who also may be dealing with some of the same things that you went through? Um... Definitely, it's not their fault, and you can't blame them, and it's so frustrating, it's so frustrating trying to, like, support someone, and, like, I think we've all supported, or tried to support someone going through, you know, a hard time, a hard time, and it's so frustrating, but at the end of the day, like, it's not their fault, and they don't know why they're feeling like this either. Absolutely. And, like, they're not, you know, they're not, most, nine times out of ten, they're not doing it for attention, and they're, what they're going through is very, very, very real. And you just got to remember that and you got to push on. But, I mean, it's different for everybody. And, like, for me, like, for example, like, I didn't want anyone to treat me differently. But I know there's some people who want extra support and extra comfort. So, yeah. You just didn't feel the need for that. No, I didn't. I just wanted everyone to treat me as normal. But I guess that's, I mean, maybe a therapist would say different. But, yeah. yeah. Okay. So... You have been through an extremely traumatic and vulnerable, vulnerable, my bad, no time um, in your life. And so what were some of the unforeseen gifts that you think have come out of what you have gone through? Um, well, you know, moving, living in three different countries is incredible on its own. Um, and, you know, my friends, I'm so grateful for the people that I'm spending my life with. They are better than I could ever have imagined. You know, 2017 Freya was desperately trying to find some, like, supportive friends. And I had lots of supportive friends. And I'm still friends with the friends that I had back then. But, like, I've, I never, I guess I never felt very secure. And so my friends now are, like, my main gifts. Like, I, absolutely, you know, very happy with them. Great. My last question for Freya was is there anything i haven't asked you that you would like our listeners to know unfortunately there has been some technical difficulties 
So here's Freya's answer. I want people to know that time heals all wounds and that it's okay to not be okay. I also want people to know that there is other people struggling that have gone through the same thing that have come out happy and healthy and okay. For the time being, you may not feel okay, but it's okay and you will get better and you will be okay, but you are still here and you have a purpose here that you have to fight for yourself and that you are meant to be here. Freya, thank you for coming on today and sharing your story with us. Your journey is real, very authentic and vulnerable. I see myself in a lot of your story and I know that others will too. Thank you for the great work you do and congratulations on how far you've come.